Hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. And a hey, hey to our watchers. What up, what up? We're finally doing it. We're recording and recording all at the same time. All at the same time. Yes, this is something she's been asking for for... Ah, man, since we started. Since we started. (laughs) Way back in February. February, yep. And, uh, yeah, here we are recording and filming our first (laughs) I'm Just Saying podcast. This is really exciting. I'm excited. Good for you. Now everybody gets to see my bald head. Whatever. Everybody gets to see my crazy hair. No makeup, no filters. It's just what we look like after a day with these kids, which... They are in bed pretty early. Because they decided they were not going to take naps today. No. No. It's like they got together and protested. Like, nap what? And played. But. The whole nap time. Yes, they did. Like, running back and forth to each other's bed. It just, well, I should say one of them was running back and forth. (laughs) Because only one can run. The other one is in a crib. But they, I think they were just overly excited to see see each other. Yeah, they missed each other. So, anyway, that it's neither here nor there. Um, so, before we get started, go ahead and grab you a drink. Get started. Um, <laughs> yeah. They got a drink. Stay with us. Yeah. That's funny. It can be water. It could be water. You'll notice today, for the first time, I'm holding my mic, but I just want to be comfortable. Uh-huh. And our seats and table and the way the mic's set up doesn't quite make for comfortability. So. But you don't hold your mic when you're on that side of the table. But I'm also hunched over. I'm not sitting back in my seat. That's, oh, you're that's trying to be saying. like extra I'm trying to be comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Well, I'm okay. All right. I well, like I'm also, like, the, the mic for me has to be fairly close because... My voice doesn't carry unless yes. I'm intentionally projecting. One of the people um, told us that they couldn't hear you. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> because I'm not singing, I'm not projecting. And so, therefore, I'm just talking. So. Got it. Yeah. So, we're not quite sure which direction we're going to go in tonight. But we did want to start off with a Hamilton quiz. Yeah. And maybe that's all we talked about. Because, honestly. So, spoiler alert. Alerts. Because oh, we okay. will we will talk about Hamilton. So oh, for those okay. of you who haven't watched it, um, go ahead and pause this. Go watch it. Come back. <laughs> come back after two, two hours and, and forty hours. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> and and then come back and listen. But um, I mean, we we have been. I don't want to say obsessed. That's not true. We're Hamilton fans. But yeah, we are definitely Hamilton fans. Um, we watched it today. We've been listening to it in the car while I deliver pizza. We watched a piece of it yesterday. <laughs> we watched the whole thing for the first time the day Saturday. before. Yeah. Like we have been we have been into it. It's true. Um and I feel like each time we watch it, we notice something different or something new. Yeah. Um and so it's one of those like it, it's one of those productions that you can do that. Like, you can watch it and then watch it and then watch it again. Yeah. Um, especially if you have any kind of love for the arts, um, you will just be amazed. Um, yeah, there right is off. some pure artistry. Yeah, like, it just blew my mind. Um, but it was so, so, so good. 
Um, so yeah, we've been like humming songs and singing songs, and that's true. Um, so we figured we would take this this um, quiz. Hamilton character quiz to figure out who we are most like. Right, and we did do this earlier. Um, but we answered for ourselves earlier. Yeah, and we kind of didn't really agree with the answers. So we're going to answer for each other mm-hmm. um, and see if maybe we get more of a realistic answer. Yeah. Um, so anyway. So? The first question is, what is your best quality? And there's something to choose from. We won't read through all of them, oh. but we'll just okay. have the other person <laughs> answer. Because so, I was definitely about to read the options. I know. So what would you say my best quality is? Um, I would say your best quality is leadership. Okay. Um, and I would say that your best quality is it's either confidence or persistence. You gotta pick one, baby. I know, I know. Um, I'm gonna go with confidence. Okay. Because he is loud and wrong quite often. That's okay with me. <laughs> Say it with your chest. What is your worst quality? Um, you go first this time. Okay. Your worst quality is... Um... That you don't think things through. <laughs> <laughs> and I think your worst quality is... Holding grudges. That's what I said for myself. <laughs> I can hold a mean grudge. I really can. Alright. What do you want out of life? You go first this time for me. I, d- I went first last time for you. You go first this time okay. for me. Uh, you're right. You're right. My bad. Uh, what do you want drink out drink. of life? <laughs> um... I think you want contentment. Hmm. I was going to say, I think you, I was going to put contentment for you also. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Okay, which Hamilton song resonates the most, well, it says resonates the most with you. Um... So I'm going to say for you, uh, the story of tonight. Well, don't give me that one because that's, that's the one I like. But what do you think? Okay, so if I was to listen to me. the song. Okay. Yeah, what song matches um, I'm going to say. So if y'all are seeing. I think I'm, Nonstop. I'm, is that the one that talks about him writing? In writing, in mm-hmm. writing. I'm gonna say nonstop because I feel like that's just been you lately, like with the poems okay. on Rachel. Like you've just been writing. Okay. So in my mind, mm-hmm. um, you're what comes next mm-hmm. because I'm watching your shoulders. <laughs> oh my goodness, he cracks me up. Please go watch this. Like it's the best. Alright. Which of the ten dual commandments is most important? I'm gonna say for you, um grab a friend, that's your second. <laughs> okay. 
Um, and for you, I'm going to say, oh man. Um, I'm going to say negotiated peace or negotiated time and place. All right. Okay. What is the worst quality in a leader? <laughs> I felt I, like this was an unfair question uh-huh. because I feel like a lot of them go hand in hand. A lot of the answer choices. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I can um, see that. And we're taking this quiz on BuzzFeed, by the way, if you yeah. want to participate. Um, BuzzFeed, which character are you most like? Um, so, I would say your what would I thought, say? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You would qualify. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say stupidity. Really? Okay. I was torn between that one and uh, no conviction. Huh. Okay. So that's not what I chose for myself at all. Okay. But, okay, so which one? Stupidity? Stupidity, yeah. Okay. Um, and then, so I'm going to choose for you. Um, mm, either self-interested or... I'm gonna say this one for you. Not in touch with the people. Okay. Um, because that's, the, that's one the one I chose, I chose for, for myself. That's the one I chose for myself too. Um, and I think in that way we same some of this share some of the same experiences. Mm-hmm. Okay. Pick an iconic line, and this is an iconic line from the right movie from Hamilton. Yeah, from Hamilton. Okay, me. <laughs> yeah. Um, an iconic line. For you, there's a few of them that I really like. Yeah, I know. There's a few I like. Um, <laughs> um, you have no control. You, yeah, you have no control who lives, who dies, who tells your story. George Washington himself um, in the in the play musical. Um, for you, um, I would say if you stand for nothing, what do you fall for? Mm, okay. Ah, now I feel like my answer is a little bit more me. So do I. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So That's hilarious. I it's funny how like you think you know the Yourself. answer, but it's <laughs> but clearly, I mean we joke all the time. I'm like, you don't know me. 
but clearly we know clearly each other we better know than each other we know better. ourselves. So I got Eliza Hamilton. Do you agree? Re- read a description. Okay. Your main goal in life is to support the people you love. You are empathetic and kind and always know the right things to say. However, you aren't a doormat either. You have opinions and feelings, even if you put them aside for others in your life. Yeah, I, I do agree. Okay. I have Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> and, and just so you know, again, spoiler alert, please go see the movie. Please go see the movie. But um, for those of you that need a refresher, because sometimes I'm not good with names, Eliza was Hamilton's wife. Yes. His real wife. Alexander his, Hamilton's wife, yes. Yeah, not his <laughs> mistress and not the other sister who just was flirting with him. Go ahead. So, Thomas Jefferson. Uh, I like to argue, and I am passionate, confident, and energetic. I don't mind playing a little dirty, but it's out of desire to reach my honorable goals. Yeah. I don't know that you play dirty. Um... I think. I think if <laughs> I think if we're being playful with each other, uh-huh. you may play dirty okay. in that sense. Like this is not broadcasting after dark, so I'm not about to give y'all examples. But <laughs> I think th- you do have an element of you could play dirty, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. you don't play dirty. <laughs> you don't. And I know what you mean. Okay. You don't have to explain. Y'all. It's okay. <laughs> y'all were married, some of y'all, so. So, that was good. It was good. I, li- I like that. I feel better, because the first time I got that, I was Alexander Hamilton. And I just don't know that I'm Alexander Hamilton, so. Yeah, and I got Angelica Schuyler, and mm-hmm. that I was, was not, was not yeah. her. Yeah, not at all. Nope. So, that anyway, that was fun, but we, um, I think that it was just. Um, now, during everything that's been happening in the world. Right. Um, and I think one of the most, we watched like a little. Undefeated by ESPN. They yeah, did a, it's a follow up after after the movie. That but it you was can this watch. year. Yeah. yeah. But I think one of the things that he said that resonated with me is that if you watch that movie, like as a black person, if you watch that movie and you feel, I shouldn't even just say black, anybody who's not white. No. <laughs> Well, go ahead. I'll just finish. I'm but sorry. if you watch that movie and you feel a sense of like, I can get behind this. Like, mm. I do love America. I do love what it stands for. Like, that that was the the whole goal. Like, we resonate with the founding principles mm. of what mm. the country was intended to be and should have been, right. and what Alexander was pushing for. Like, that even in his argument with like Thomas Jefferson, like. Like he, I mean, there were some gems. Like, yes, we mm-hmm. we truly know who built the country, and we should be proud because we know who planted those seeds. We know who planted those seeds, and we truly know who built this country. This country was built on our backs, like mm-hmm. our ancestors' backs. So, um, you know, I I do appreciate them. I think for me that that was a good thought because I, I did feel myself feel like, yeah, this is good. But then at the same time, I'm like, no, I don't represent America because America doesn't represent me. But I think the America that they were pushing for, dreaming of, desiring for then 
would have represented me. Mm-hmm. But what it is today does not. So Yeah, it's it's interesting to take the original documents that were written um, at face value, not with the intentions that the people who wrote them might have had, um, not to look at their statements outside of the, the uh, national documents, uh, but to just look at the documents at face value, the Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, the Federalist Papers, um, if you just read them again at face value, you would see that America had principles and promise of uh, a great nation for every person. Mm-hmm. And my emphasis on person is intentional because um, if you go and you look at other sources and other documents and other statements that were made by the same people who wrote those documents that you'll see what or who they considered a person. And Mm -hmm. I'll leave it at that, but it's pretty straightforward. Um, And so it is is interesting to see how maybe their unspoken, unwritten intentions have carried through Mm -hmm. the 1776 till now, Mm -hmm. um, even though it wasn't in our national... It wasn't written in our national documents. Yeah. Um, but the heart and the spirit has continued for over 250 years, which is which is the sad part. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. 225 years. Um, and I think it was cool in that um, they weren't, at least for Alexander Hamilton, you know, again, this, this goes back to the school system. At no point in time, like I had to memorize it. The, the presidents and, and all of that stuff like you talked about that and I remember learning about him but at no point did they say you know he had like a West Indian mom like mm-hmm. you know his dad was Scottish mm-hmm. like yep. nowhere was that to be found like mm-hmm. and you know even when you look at the, the painting of him it's kind of like did y'all embellish that just just a little bit? Because I just feel like West Indians have a look. Like, they, they are, you can tell. <laughs> um, but it to me, I'm, it's just amazing that people who wrote that, like, there was, there was still so much culture behind them. And it's just, like, I think he would roll over in his grave to know that that was just left out because... It seems like he was he was proud of who he was, mm-hmm. um, and that he came from nothing to become something. And so, um, I think that is that is sad. And I think um, as districts, um, as teachers, I mean, we teach what we're given, but I, I think we do a disservice to our children to not fully explain who someone is, and and your culture is part of who you are. Yeah. I'm just looking at the, the camera. I think we ran out of time or, or getting close to it. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I think one of the crazy things about um, about the education system, you can go pause it, I guess, is that teachers are um, 
taught things over the years that they're in school and then they turn around and teach those things to the next generation mm. um, but those things might not always be accurate so one of the things I've had to do um, was kind of flip the script in what I teach um, which does take a bit of time for mm. me to research and learn so that therefore the students can have a, a broader view on history or people um, or events like it, it, it has been uh, last year I think was one of the more challenging years of me teaching because although it was my seventh year teaching I taught some new things taught some new people um, which again took some time out of what I would normally do because now I have to research and learn so that I can provide a quality education to the students. And so um, it, it does fall on the teacher who wishes to bring light to, I guess, areas in which uh, students were not previously informed mm -hmm. to do the hard work. Yeah. It does fall on us as teachers if we are going to create change. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously what goes on in the house we can't control but what goes on in the classroom is right. fully within our control as long as we're teaching to whatever standards um, the state has come up with and so I think the, the education system um, does hamstring us to a, to a bit but um, there's also some liberty and some freedom uh, to teach what you believe is necessary yeah. information. Yeah, and I think, you know, you did that as being an English teacher, you right. know, and I, I think how much, and, and believe me, like, we understand the, the work that be, that goes behind education and teaching things. He's an English teacher, I'm a math teacher, but I do feel like, you know, social studies teachers, you, you have a huge responsibility oh, yeah. to make sure you are doing your research and you are pulling materials outside of your textbooks because those textbooks are slanted in one direction. Um, and, and you need to be aware and you need to be um, even aware of your own blind spots um, in history and that you may be lacking. Um, and not just leave that to maybe your AP teachers because I do feel like I didn't start getting a quality history education until I started taking AP classes. Um, and for those of you, for those of you that don't know, those are advanced placement classes you get college credit for. It's essentially like a college course. Um, but, you know, how many people of color actually make it into those classes? Like, I could count. I was one of a few. Um, I made it in. I didn't make it out. Yeah, well, I, mean, I made it out. I, I took a lot. But no, I'm saying, like, for my AP class, I didn't I didn't finish the, the semester. Oh. I, I changed out to a different course because, yeah, um, it wasn't interesting to me, and therefore I kind of tuned out. But it was an AP social studies class. Yeah, well, that's actually when I fell in love with history. Um, mm -hmm. I had a teacher like Mr. Martin. Um, I just, I mean, he made history come alive. He allowed us to be those characters, and we had a roundtable discussion, and were able to speak to each other in character, but to speak about the things that would have been important, been important to that person. Yeah. Um, and I, I took a government class and um, a European history class and <laughs> the camera that we were recording just died. 
Um, so sorry guys, we had some technical difficulties with the the watching portion of it. Um, but you but, were saying, go ahead. Uh, social studies teachers that made you fall in love. Yeah, like they the oh I started talking about the European history class. Like that was the first time that I was introduced. To the fact that black people played a part in history, like mm-hmm. in my AP European history class, and this was European history, like mm-hmm. nothing to do with the states, nothing to like. This right. is my first intro into. Did you know black people did something in history other than be slaves? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? I think that says a lot about U.S. because every other country, as far as I know, every other developed country that has an education system learns about world culture but in the u.s and i can i I guess speak for virginia we have virginia civics we have virginia government via u.s government we have via u.s history but it doesn't extend outside of virginia slash the united states and even then it is the same material over and over. Yeah, but you took an AP class. Oh, right. But, okay, but okay. what I'm saying is like... On your basic level. Yeah, mm-hmm. the, the, I took World History 1 and World History mm-hmm. 2 with Mr. Larkin. Shout out to him. He's now a principal um, at a middle school. He was the only teacher that made history enjoyable mm-hmm. for me. And that was four years of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It was because he made it relevant. And yes, it was world history, but um, he would bring in like obscure artifacts and talk about different uh, civilizations that um, even in the textbook weren't necessarily discussed. And I think Mm. that's what, I mean, there's a song, uh, Istanbul, not Constantinople, and I'll never forget it because he played it and then he talked about how the the country changed its name because the times changed because of who was in power and, and you know that's probably the only fact from four years of history that I remember mm, wow and and again it goes back to teachers teach what they know and sometimes all they know is what they have been taught um which is dangerous because if everyone kept that same mentality, like I taught with the person taught with the person taught with the person taught behind me, then we're teaching essentially old history mm-hmm. <laughs> and not new and relevant history, which, um, you know, as we branch out, even in this discussion, we can see very easily then how the, the mindset creeps into you know, the schools, into your corporations, into your churches, mm-hmm. into, you know, all these different facets of the the main people educating people are teaching old old material. Yep. Now let me just pause and say this here. I refuse to teach common core math. So <laughs> <laughs> I am not changing with the time when it comes to that. <laughs> I don't know that that's that's old. That is not old. That is very New. No, but we're talking about how people need to yeah. teach new history. I'm yes. not, I'm not, not teaching, teaching that, that new no, math. No, because no. mm-hmm. no, the same, you can come up with the same answer in less time than just use what's easier. I'm sorry. 
there are probably kids that grew two stages during quarantine because their mama said, let me teach you how to multiply. We don't do this extra stuff. You better put this number on top of this other number. (laughs) And if you don't know your facts, you better learn them. Right. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's interesting. Like, I'm just going to stick with English for right now, but we always focus on the classics. Um, And for some of us, that's cool. <laughs> but um, for this generation, mm. um, they could care less about the classics. They would rather learn about something more relevant and more meaningful. And so I think about To Kill a Mockingbird, for example. Classic book. Most people who've read it love it. Mm-hmm. And if they've seen the movie, mm-hmm. they love the movie. But you try and teach to kill a mockingbird this year with all the racial issues going on and to know that the black man was unjustly killed in the book. Sorry if you haven't read it. I just spoiled it. Yeah. Well, but on the flip side, I I do think it would it would probably be a book that your students would be even more engaged in because of what's happening. Like they may get it, you may have some very healthy and real and frustrated debates though that yes, come from that. For sure. However, you've got to be very mindful of the class in which you teach that to right. because if your whole class is white or minority. Well, I know I think Well I'm saying I'll either hold, way, either way. Like, but I hold minority class, I think that brings about a healthy discussion and outlet for them. But I think you have to be careful on the other side that you don't perpetuate the idea of, oh, it, it's okay right. to innocently kill. Now, of course, you got you got the, the white dad who is who is the lawyer for this black man who tries his hardest mm-hmm. to show that this man is innocent. Um, and, and again, that will, that will teach a great lesson mm-hmm. to a great group of kids or a, kid, a group of kids who... It, I guess could care want to care about that type of thing but I, I think what I was saying is there are current books like The Hate You Give that mm-hmm. illustrate the exact same thing but it is very real because the girl witnesses the guy get killed by a police officer mm-hmm. and that I think is more hitting to today's society and culture. Is it, is it one of those things, though, that, like, you could have a group that reads that book and then another group that reads To Kill a Mockingbird and another to show that that book was written X amount of years ago. Mm-hmm. This book was written X amount of years ago. We're still writing about the same thing. Yet For sure. I think, I think that is possible in a AP class or an honors class, even. Okay. Uh, I'll be teaching regular nine yeah. gen ed nine so it it would definitely go over their heads but again in an honors class where you could assign students to read stuff at home and then come back in class mm-hmm. and supplement the material with a different book but somehow it lines up i think that's an awesome idea mm-hmm. i would love to try it one day mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, where I, I stand I think right you, now. <laughs> but I mean, I think you, I think you could because it, it is one of the things that's relevant. I think if you were trying to do like 
old literally like Oedipus Rex and <laughs> something else. Like I, I do think. Oh, I make Oedipus Rex fun, baby. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, just saying. saying I'm just playing. Like, I'm just playing. I, I think you may have a hard time, but yeah. given the fact that those both have relevance in what's mm-hmm. happening today, I do think you you could get something cool out of that. Yeah. Which, you know, I think that was even one of the points. Or one of the things that we noticed in Hamilton, the same wars that they're fighting then, I'm like, we are still fighting yeah. even now. Like, Did y'all know that we, the United States was not free in 1776? <laughs> it wasn't until Hamilton that I learned the war didn't end until 1781, technically. But really 83 and so I was like flabbergasted why did I not learn this in high school and one or of the characters school? had on a hat that said 1776 in the um no it said 1619 did it in the undefeated you know uh, 1619 was the year the first slaves were brought well to the US, to the US yeah. yeah that's what his hat was representing Oh, I thought it. I thought it definitely said seventeen cents. The black hat. Yeah. With the, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I, I definitely paid attention to that one. I was like, oh. Well, yeah. I mean, all of them had like significant yeah. like Kaepernick t-shirt. Yeah, very subtle, but not subtle. Yeah. Like Black Panther, to, a movie poster in the background. And well, the other one had a shirt about black women, uh-huh. and um, I couldn't read the rest of the shirt because he was sitting down. Yeah. But, um, but again, just. You know, I just think it's very interesting. Like, I feel like the U.S., we just love to be in turmoil. Like, if we weren't fighting the British about something, mm-hmm. and then if the North wasn't fighting the South about something, and now it's the Black and the... Well, even before, I mean, it's always been Black and White, but um, now we're like... Well, at one point Arab was, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Middle Eastern, yeah, and Middle the Eastern US. and the U.S. and like, and then now we're back to black and white. But again, has always been kind of an undercurrent. We're out here jumping in other people's wars and but I'm like, gotta what? be in somebody's turmoil because we quote unquote fight for freedom. I'm like, why? Why can't go sit down somewhere? <laughs> like, why can we just not? That's what other countries do. They look at us like sit back. Get they popcorn and just right. watch. Like let's just <laughs> let's just watch the stupidity unfold. And I mean that's even true. And I know we hit on this in our other podcasts. Like even when it comes to the coronavirus, like other countries are like, we're good. Everybody good over here. We're good on this side of the water. Don't let the U.S. in. <laughs> like, yeah. Seriously, like what? All, in, the, all inclusive arrogant. paid vacation. You just can't be American. Sign up now. <laughs> right. Groupon, all that stuff is gone. Like, sorry, this does not apply <laughs> to your zip code. Like, it, it's just ridiculous, the, the arrogance that we have as a country. And again, there is nothing wrong in being proud of who you are. And I know there's some people that I'm sure if they took the time to listen to this are just angry and cast your stone if you will who cares like yes like America is great we are grateful for the freedoms we we are grateful for the men and women who fought like I will take nothing away mm-hmm. you know from them but I am sure they did not fight for us to stay like this <laughs> right. like this this is ridiculous they definitely fought for something better um and so anyway if you haven't seen Hamilton, you should go watch Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, so that's what this whole podcast, Browncast, was about. 
um, unintentionally because we didn't know what we were going to yeah, talk about. Yeah, we just was going to talk tonight. We tried, we're trying to get um, somewhat regular. Somewhat regular, somewhat consistent. We tried to do something new. The camera done went out. Um, Even though it it is charging, it just wasn't it said charging that was too quickly. Much. Yeah. It, it wasn't having it. But, nope. Um, anyway, I would like to think maybe our next discussion would be lighter, but who knows? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if we um, talk about the racial injustices in the in the nation, it might not be. But we'll I, we'll see. I think we'll, we've we'll we've talked about how we feel, even if it was brief in the past couple. Um, yeah. We talked then, about it from an education standpoint. Yeah. Well, and I guess I'll go. I'll continue on with the the education standpoint. Um, I know I posted something today. People <laughs> got deleted. Um, on the fact that when did becoming a teacher meant you risk your lives? Like I understand when you sign up for different professions and you right. sign on that dotted line, you are signing to put yourself out there. I am not getting. Let's talk about pay. those professions. If you are a cop, a police officer, like you are putting yourself out there. If you are a fire, firefighter, you are putting yourself out there. Any one of the, the branches, you are putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else? I mean, if we want to get real boxing, you are putting yourself right. out there. Football even could be possibly I'm putting sure yourself the out there. Yeah. At we, no we, point right. in my contract did I sign up to need to start wearing a bulletproof vest. Like, the school shooting seriously right and and now coronavirus like we out here about to need hazmat suits to go to work because because parents don't want to let their kids learn digitally because that's that's so hard and let's just let's clear this up teacher-based learning or digital learning simply means you're student will still be getting the instruction from from a teacher, from a professional teacher, but they will be doing it in a safe manner, meaning their butts will be in their own home and your child will be in their own home learning. This is not saying that you as a parent need to be a teacher because we understand some of you guys, one, don't have the discipline to be your child's teacher your student or sorry your child wouldn't listen to you anyway um and you just don't know how to communicate to them in a way that's effective we get that we understand that so teacher-based learning the teacher is doing the instruction and your student is still learning there will still be contact we will still be able to see them we will still be able to interact with them but we can do it in a safe manner. You don't need to be in a school building to do that. Right. And we learned from March 13th to June, whenever your school let out, mm-hmm. <laughs> how to teach digitally. Like yeah. some of us were brand new at it. Some of us had no experience. That would be me. But we have and will figure it out. I mm-hmm. think it was... Uh, inconvenient Mm -hmm. at best and it was a response to a unfamiliar um unfamiliar circumstance or or uncharted territory but now people have had summers 
mm-hmm. to think about it. Districts, if they use their time wisely, had time to instruct and can have time to instruct their teachers on better methods and ways of this new form of educating students. And yeah, honestly, professional development, I got a knockout. Yeah, but honestly, <laughs> like as someone who did it, some of my weakest students did the best mm. because they didn't have distractions. distractions. They didn't have the, the guy-girl relationships or whatever relationships. They didn't have that to worry about. Fashion wasn't uh, an issue. Like There were just so many things that were not a factor that contributed to their success. Like it, It's not a bad thing mm. at all. Um, Granted, will someone visibly be able to, like, see your child 24-7? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but we can still take attendance. We right. can still call you to be like, so-and-so didn't log in for class today. Mm-hmm. Like, all of that stuff can still happen. Right. And, um, and you you can still go to work. It, and I'm we're speaking from, I know, I'm speaking from high, high school. school. Yeah. Right, we're high school teachers. And so... 14 to 18, I mean, your kids stay home sick. You don't stay home with them, more than likely. Right. And so, in this in this situation, you still go to work. And honestly, you are probably working from home, too. Yeah. And so, and- yes, it may be inconvenient. Yes, you may need to drive up to the school to get an extra laptop that they issue and give you Wi-Fi for that mm. you don't have to pay a single cent for. But, it is... It is not necess- It is not your responsibility to teach your child. That is, it, that falls on us. The, That's why we get paid. This the same responsibility that you had before. You will have then to right. make sure they do their homework if they have any. Like if they have any, that that you, will be the same. Same. You know, if you're my student, you at best got two worksheets a week. At best, <laughs> and if you're mine, you have whatever you didn't finish in class because I don't believe in homework. Right. So, and the only reason I assign homework. Was because I was told that I needed to assign homework. Same. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just you know, granted, again, we are we are talking to, you know with the older kids. Um, we do support and agree, and I am so sorry if you are a K through third grade teacher mm-hmm. um, or a special needs uh, teacher and instructor. We do support the fact that they they, they will do be better. Fun. Yeah with some hands-on activity because honestly as a parent if you're at work you can't leave a kindergartner at home or a first grader at home and expect them to be able to log in Mm -hmm. or your special needs student and expect them to log in and do these things so we are aware that for sure they they need to be transported somewhere to have um licensed professionals working with them yeah but Um, we also know that if you only have Let's say the elementary school up the road, we had three kindergarten classes. There were 30 kids best at best. So that's 90 kids. And let's say you got K123. That's 120 kids. Excuse me. 90 kids times four. 360 kids. 360 kids. You got them spread out six feet apart in a classroom. You can use the fourth grade and the fifth grade and the cafeteria and the gym and the art room, music room, you can use any of the rooms available, the computer room, to separate your students and still keep them in the building. Yes, you might need more teachers. 
Well, and because not even more teachers. You may just have to do a, a different kind of a schedule different because kind of schedule. maybe it's a rotating thing. Maybe, mm. well, you work with pod one, pod two is in art. Well, pod three is in music. And then you, and you switch and mm-hmm. you get the next group of kids. And so, it, it, I mean, it is definitely possible right. amongst your K through third grade because, I mean, if you're licensed for third grade, you're licensed for second, you're licensed for right. kindergarten, you may not like those age groups, <laughs> but you are licensed to teach them. So there is definitely a schedule that could be made so that every student can remain six feet apart and yeah. um, maybe even stay within their, their pod or, or whatever. Um and this thing is not affecting kids as much as much you know like right. that so um it is doable and we do recognize that and, and again i know we we would then be asking those individuals to put themselves out there on on the front lines and mm-hmm. and risk that but i mean i know our daycare people are doing it right. um and they they have kind of been okay because I, I do think you are safer in that in that kind of an age group, um, for sure. You don't have people making out in hallways like you do in high school, <laughs> um, spreading all kinds of whatever. Um, so, you know, I do understand we kind of are playing the, the fence. Like, we're high school teachers, and we're like, we don't want to be on the right. front lines. But we it's still, have. right, but we understand... We're still going to be working from home. Yeah, we're still going to be educating your kids, right? Like, I think that's what people who are not in education believe that we do. We sit around, we drink our coffee, and we laugh and kiki while the parents are doing all the teaching. And struggling, yeah. Right. No, we, we are busting our butt. We have to do more work now yeah. to get these assignments and these lectures Uploaded ready for the students. Uploaded and made digital exactly. and all of that stuff. Transferring tests that were just paper copies transferring them into some kind of a online digital format which is not easy to do um and so yes maybe the first go around you did have those teachers that just logged in to respond to to emails and maybe Mm. did a zoom call once every once once (laughs) (laughs) once ever never um but that there were still other people. <laughs> He's laughing because that's what he did. But <laughs> tell him my business. <laughs> but that that will not be the plan moving forward. And granted, my school district told us that they had it covered. Right. So we so, just needed to help and, and assist. So, but moving forward, just again reassuring mm-hmm. that will not right be what school would look like right but i think you we need parents to trust Mm. that we do like being educators and we we do want to do our jobs we just don't want to have to risk our our lives and our families because a third a third one third 33 percent of teachers in america are 50 years and above right in age and i think i mean even colleges have understood that their mm-hmm. professors who are tenure them bad boys is about to fall out right and so all their classes are online mm-hmm. <laughs> so but if they're willing to exactly you know what i'm saying like why i'm, I'm 33 but there's still a greater risk of me contracting the virus and transmitting it to a 14 15 year old who then takes it home to their family 
who who knows how old the people are in their household, you know, and so schools are breeding grounds for germs. Absolutely. And, so, they, and they always have been. Like, right. like this is not new stuff. So mm-hmm. you've got to trust us teachers when we say, like, I, we watch flus take out classrooms where in mm-hmm. attendance, when that flu season starts on any given day, you could easily have four to five or six students out because they all have the flu. Right. And this is high school. Now think about some of the younger ones who sharing toys who just and everything, lunch like, and all that stuff. It's yeah. just nasty. So we we are gonna wrap this one up, um, but we just wanted to to share our thoughts, kind of on the legislation and um, pressure coming from above. Pressure's coming from above. And I'm gonna leave that leave the above up to you. <laughs> really? Because you know, there's so many people above above the teacher that have control. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It, because it, let me tell you, no superintendent is walking up in no classroom. Okay. I did see I did see a post today that said, in order for all schools to be open, we need the superintendents, the school board, um, the stakeholders all to sit in a classroom and go to and go through their day mm. and see how realistic it would be for because you you know school well, board they, got 10 people they've got to go through the day and they need to wear that um the pink stuff mm-hmm. so that so at the end the of the germs. day when we exactly. turn off the light we can see how many people got the germs all mm-hmm. over them so i mean that would be amazing but we already know y'all ain't putting y'all out there oh absolutely not um, but all that to say we love y'all we thank you uh, we will be responding to the emails. Yes, we please send you us your emails. We got a very, very sweet um, email. So again, that email is browncasting816 at gmail.com. One more time. Browncasting816 at gmail.com. Yes, send us your emails. Tell us what you want us to talk about. And let's raise a glass of freedom. Raise a glass to freedom. I'm not a singer, y'all. Good night. Good night.